0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. We pray that the word that you hear on this program will encourage, strengthen, and motivate you to do the will of God. Be blessed by today's message. I just want to minister for a few moments on something that the Lord has laid on my heart. You know, in the midst of this virus outbreak, I find it odd and how doctors are scrambling to find a cure. They're trying every pill they can think of that they have previously used to help treat viral outbreaks in the past. And it seems that everything they're doing is just experimental. They're not confident in anything that they're trying, but one experiment that they're that they are trying that I've done some research on that I find it really unique. It's sort of a, a blood transfusion. And what they do is they take some blood from a person that has had the coronavirus and that has fully recovered. And they will give that blood to a person who is still sick with the virus. And the antibodies that are in the blood of the healthy person can actually help the sick person to recover. But I wanted to find out, really, what are antibodies? What do they do? Antibodies are the body's way of remembering how it responded to an infection so they can attack again if exposed to the same pathogen. If a person has antibodies in their blood, that means that they have immune cells available to fight the virus, which lowers the risk of getting sick. That is awesome. When I read that, my first thought is, wow, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty creator who is smarter than the smartest scientist that we know today, who's smarter than the smartest doctor, who can create our bodies and our blood to fight infection that way. But as I started to think of this in a spiritual aspect, the Lord started reminding me of some scriptures and I'd like to use for a topic, the cure. And revelation chapter 12, verse 11 is the first verse that the Lord reminded me of. It says, and they overcame him talking about the adversary, the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. And I want to break down the first part of that verse in reference to the blood of the Lamb. But before I do, I just want us to take note of something that we may not have thought of before. The more I think about this epidemic that we're facing, this coronavirus, I come to the understanding on the spiritual side of this that there was an epidemic that was even greater than than what we're facing right now. There has been a virus that has been passed from generation to generation, a sickness. In fact, some have referred to it as a curse. And it all started in a garden. And I want to take us back to that garden, the Garden of Eden. In the book of Genesis, God created Adam and Eve, two perfect creatures, sinless, who had never known sin. God actually created them in his image, and we know that God is a holy God, so therefore Adam and Eve were created holy. They were created in perfection. They never faced sickness in their body. They never had aches and pains. You know, there were no abnormalities in their genes. They were perfect. They were whole. They were healthy human beings. But something happened. How did we get from perfection to imperfection that we see in our own bodies why do we feel sick? Why do we face sickness? Why do we face things like cancer and diabetes and all of these ailments that we feel in our body? What happened to this perfection? Well, I'm, I'm here to explain to you something. An epidemic called sin. That's why. You see, when Adam and Eve took of that fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when they were enticed by the enemy, and they ate of that fruit, their bodies became corrupt. The earth became accursed. Genesis chapter 3, verses 16 through 19 says, To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and dust you shall return. That entire passage explains how Adam, Eve, and the earth became accursed. All because of sin. Sin, disobedience, To our creator infiltrated the bodies, the human body. It affected us. It corrupted us. It corrupted the earth. That's why when we plant a garden of vegetables or you plant a beautiful flower garden, every so often there are weeds that grow up in those garden. You've got to pull and pluck those weeds out, the thistles and the thorns that are just so miserable. The earth was affected. Think about this. Think about the animals that you see. The lion and the bear. It was sin that corrupted them that at once were eating the vegetables and the fruit and the berries of the land. Now, because of sin, they actually have a hunger for blood and for meat. Adam and Eve never had mosquito bites before the fall. In fact, I personally believe that mosquitoes were drinking nectar from the flowers like a hummingbird does. And after the fall, they, you see them drinking the blood of animals. Everything was corrupted. Isaiah chapter 24 verse 6 says, Therefore the curse has devoured the earth, and those who dwell in it are desolate. Just a three-letter word called sin down through the ages has affected generation upon generation upon generation. David said in Psalms chapter 51, verse 5, he said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Boy, I tell you what, it sure levels the playing field out when you think about this. We were all born in sin. The Bible says that our righteousness... Is like a filthy rag. No one is righteous on their own. No one is good. We were born with this virus spiritually. You might say, well, what's the symptoms? How do I know? I don't understand that. Well, what are the symptoms of this situation? My friend, the very inclination to do wrong is a symptom of this. When a child is born, they don't have to be taught to lie. They don't have to be taught to get angry and to hit. They don't have to be taught to disobey. I remember when Aaron was in elementary school, we had him in a private school, and his teacher decided to take the kids on a field trip, and we went with him. And about halfway through the trip, the kids were kind of acting up a little bit. And that teacher whistled as loud as she could. And she rounded them kids up like a herd of cattle. And she began to tell them, she said, let me tell you something, y'all kids. Y'all are letting the carnal nature take over y'all. Y'all are letting that flesh man come alive. And I thought, well, that's a little overboard for kids. But the more I thought about it, Realistically, it validates the fact that we were born in sin. But what happens if you just let this virus go without being treated? Well, if you look at Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages or the payment of sin is death. The payment or the outcome of this epidemic, this virus called sin, is death. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, talking about Adam, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. The Bible says that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Think about this. From the beginning until now, The Bible says that death spread to all men because of one act of disobedience. What started this coronavirus we're facing? I don't know. Really, there's a lot of speculation, but it had to start from a small situation, and it spread global. And we could spend hours trying to think of who, what, where, when, or why this even happened. But the main concern should be the cure. How do we figure out the cure for this? What's the cure for sin? What is the cure for this epidemic of sin that man cannot cleanse himself from? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Well, what does that mean? I'm going to explain to you what that means. God knew that in order for humankind who was infected by this virus called sin, this curse called sin, in order for there to be an antidote, there had to be someone that had to face this sickness as well. But, without sin. And I'm here to tell you that that someone's name was Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3 verses 13 through 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, God knew that He had to send His Son Jesus down to the earth in human form to face what we're facing, so that His body could experience what we've experienced, and in His blood would build up the antidote the cure for this virus of sin. But you know what the awesome thing is about this? When Jesus died on that cross 2,000 years ago, he did not die in sin. He did not die with sin in him, but he died with sin upon him. He carried the curse for us so that his body could bring forth the cure for the curse. Revelations chapter 1 verse 5 says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, praise God. He washed us from our sins in his own blood, because it was his blood, the lamb, that takes away the sins of the world, John said. Behold, the pure, spotless lamb. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I'm here to tell you, my brother and sister in the Lord, there is a cure. There is a hope for this curse called sin, for this epidemic that has been passed on from generation to generation. There is a cure, and his name is Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus, that washes white as snow The song says, for it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. It's the blood that gives me and you strength from day to day. And I'm here to tell you today, the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. It was just as powerful when the first drop fell from the face of Jesus to the day that we're standing in today. Oh, you may not see the blood of Jesus, but in the spirit, it is the same blood that washes us clean, that purifies us. It's the same blood that that, that gets inside of our spirit. And that antidote, the antibodies begin to rejuvenate us. The Bible says that old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. No more condemnation, You don't have to live in condemnation. We all are born with this curse, but we're no longer condemned. We're not under the law of sin anymore. The Bible says now we're under the spirit of life in Christ. We're under the law of the spirit of life in Christ because he has paid the price for our sin. He has the cure in his blood. The Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Romans 8 verse 11 says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. What are you saying? I'm telling you that the same spirit that rejuvenated our Lord Jesus with a cure is the same spirit who gives your mortal bodies the life to live. He rejuvenates our spirit, brings us. The Bible says He brings us from death to life. Well, that what does that mean? Well, we we've already talked about the fact that it's the wages of sin is death. But the the end of that verse says, "But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord." Well, how does this work? You might ask. How do you get this life? How do you get cured? How do you get healed from this sin cursed body? Well, this is going to sound a little odd, but the Bible says there's got to be a death before there can be life. If you look at Romans chapter 6, verses 7 through 11, it says, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we've got to die to sin. Well, how do you do that you might ask? How can you how can I stop sinning? How can I stop this carnal nature? If you take a verse, a passage like what I just read and you read it and you quote it and you speak it and you believe it, by faith the word of God is becoming that weapon. The Bible says is the sword of the spirit. By faith you have to believe that a man who was fully man and fully God named Jesus Christ, came to this earth to die on the cross, to pay the price, to pay the penalty for the curse of sin because of the mistake that Adam made to, to reconcile us back to God. You have to believe that the price that he paid by the shedding of his blood with what I keep using the word antibodies, with the cure, you have to believe and have faith in what he did is enough Because the Bible says that we've been made more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. By faith, I know it sounds random. Sometimes you just have to imagine Jesus on the cross. I do that myself. you got to use your imagination sometimes. Imagine Jesus on the cross as you remember. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will remind you of what the Word of God says, but you've got to put the Word of God in for there to be something for the Holy Spirit to pull out. I've learned that myself. Take this scripture like this passage in Romans 6, 7 through 11, so that when the enemy comes against you to tempt you, to try to cause you to, for that carnal nature to rise back up, remind him that... The Bible says that death no longer has dominion over Jesus. And you know what? You could say, well, if I'm in Christ Jesus, I've been made more than a conqueror. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So if the Holy Spirit lives in me, then the same victorious power that rose Jesus from the dead is the same power that is inside of you and inside of me. And when you speak it out loud, speak the word of God out loud just say it. Say, you know what? The same power that rose Jesus from the dead to bring him to life is the same power that lives inside of me that will cause my sin and my carnal nature to die, but brings me to life. Think about it. If you've never been baptized in water, if you've ever seen someone being baptized in water, it is a representation of an outward expression of what has happened on the inside. When you get dipped down in that water, it's a representation that that the sin, that, that virus, that curse of sin is to die in your life. In order for the Spirit of God to come alive in you, your carnal, sinful nature has to die. And you go down in that water and you die, and you come back up and you come back up alive, renewed, rejuvenated, regenerated in the power of the Holy Spirit with the cure, the blood of Jesus, that has been paid, the price has been paid, and has been applied to every born-again believer's life. But what happens to those who deny Jesus? What happens to those who reject the cure? Think about someone who has the symptoms of a sickness, potentially this virus. They may have the symptoms, and they just keep putting it off. It's nothing. It's not. I'm not worried about it. I'm not, I'm not that sick. It's just a little fever. It's no big deal. And this virus that we see that we're facing right now, they say it's highly contagious and that before you even have any symptoms, you could be contagious. Do you know that sin is contagious? Do you know that if you are around the wrong person for too long and you are not a leader and you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and you don't have the cure, you could catch this curse this temptation. You could catch the temptation of sin from a person that doesn't have the cure, someone that is sick with sin, living in sin. It's contagious. I know it to be a fact. No one is strong enough to overcome the power of sin except the blood of Jesus that has been applied to a born-again believer's life, except that the power of the Holy Spirit is living inside of the born-again believer and they are utilizing the sword of the Spirit, you can't fight the power of the sickness of sin on your own. We don't have the cure. As I said, our righteousness is as filthy rags. But for those who reject the cure, who say, I'm fine, I don't need that spiritual stuff. I don't need that church stuff. I don't need Jesus. I'm living my life how I want to live it. I'm not worried about it. The Bible says in Matthew 25, verse 41, Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. If you die with the curse of sin, the Bible says you will die the second death, which is in hell. I don't want that for no one. I don't want that for you, my friend. If you're listening to this and the word of God is stirring in your heart and you don't have the cure of the blood of Jesus has not been applied to your life. You just call upon the name of Jesus. That's all it takes. You confess your sins before the Savior. You repent of your sins. Say, God, I'm a sinner. God, I don't want this curse in my life anymore. I want the blessings of God. Forgive me of my sins. I repent, God. God, with your help and with your word, I'm turning away from this sinful life. In Jesus' name, bring me to life in you, Lord. Save my soul. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. I want to close with a passage of Scripture that is extremely important. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, that whosoever is you and me, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. And I'm telling you, if you believe, the Bible says you will have everlasting life. God loves you. You are valuable to God. God thought enough of you that he sent his son to die on the cross for you to have the chance to live and have eternal life. But in order to have eternal life, you've got to let him into your heart and into your life. Listen to the beautiful words of the course of this song. It says, there is a remedy for every sin sick soul. There is a cure for all, all the pain and hurt and wrong. There is a solution for all the problems deep inside. There is a remedy and his name is Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening, and I pray that you were blessed by the Word of God today.